Hello, and welcome to Anti-Culture, the cultural podcast that seeks to re-establish the North American concept of culture by instead focusing on the stories of the individuals around us. I'm your culturally ambiguous and culturally mixed host, Josiah Sinanin. Welcome to episode one. I actually cannot believe I'm recording this right now. Before we jump in, I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who's helped get this podcast up and running. It's just been so encouraging to see all the feedback, kind words, and subscriptions with just my little preview clip. Seriously, thank you. I've connected with so many people from the past, from now, (laughs) new followers on Twitter around this project, and it's so great to feel support from all around and from such a diverse group of people. I do have a little small confession to admit to, though. I did send out an email campaign to everyone on my Gmail list from all history. So I'm sorry if you haven't heard from me in years and then got spammed with that. I got a bunch of bounce back emails, actually, from Airbnb and Amazon and all those do not reply addresses. And I realized that maybe wasn't the best idea. Nevertheless, I really appreciate the support. If you missed the preview clip of this podcast, I would recommend giving it a listen before we jump in here so you really have an idea of what this podcast is aiming to accomplish. Essentially, we're looking at the Canadian province of Alberta as an example of a mosaic society. For those who don't know, a cultural mosaic is essentially the mix of cultures, ethnic groups, languages, and backgrounds coexisting within one society. In other words, most of North America. Alberta is the province I was born and raised in, and I find it fascinating as someone with a mixed background how many Albertans claim there is a distinct Albertan way of life, which most of my guests actually tended to agree with. However, between them all, what they classify as an Albertan way of life individually differs greatly. The kicker is, the fact that there's not a distinct agreement on this cultural lifestyle does not take away from their identity being more or less Albertan than someone else. And I'm sure this concept could be applied to any state, territory, or any society that is a mosaic. That's why I call this project anti-culture. I want to redefine our concept of culture that puts people in boxes by instead focusing on the stories of individuals and what shapes their own culture. By doing this in an unbiased way, as best as I can, and listening to their stories, I want to encourage others to do the same. Rather than putting people in boxes and making assumptions about someone's lifestyle and background, we should be inquisitive and show interest in hearing their stories. Whether or not you agree with someone, everyone believes what they believe for a reason, usually out of experience. And everyone deserves to be heard as a human being. For this episode, I found a great example of just that. Tehila Chawele is a great friend of mine with a truly diverse story. Born in small town Alberta and moving around the northern US and Canada, Tehila's family ended up being the only family of African descent in the town of Lac La Biche at one point. Lac La Biche is in northern Alberta, and I did say earlier that Alberta is a mosaic society, which is still true, but Tehila's family did really stick out. She has some really interesting perspectives on the province that I think will really stir the pot and get both Albertans and the North American listener in general thinking. I'll let her tell her story. My name's Tehila. Um, I was born in Rocky Mountain House, Alberta. Um, when I was three, though, we moved to Saskatchewan. We lived there for a few years. Moved to Montana. 
lived there for a few years. And then when I was 16, we moved um, to Lac La Biche, Alberta. For people who don't know anything about Alberta, like how would you describe Lac La Biche? Small town. It's like a typical small town, what you think of as a small town, but it's a little bit quirky. Um, so there's the oldest mosque in Canada. Oh, in wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. So there's, um, yeah, quite a few Lebanese people um, that are living there. Quite a few Ukrainian people, French Canadians, lots of First Nations people, Métis people, and some random people like me. Cool. And what are you? How would you self-identify? Well, I, <laughs> I identify as Canadian. I was born in Canada, but my parents are both Zambian. They were, they grew up there and then um, came over here. And had cool. Yeah. Awesome. And they just had you. And then they had <laughs> that's me. That's the story. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. We were talking a bit earlier about kind of your experience in Alberta and what it means to you to be Albertan. And you had mentioned that you do identify as Albertan because mm-hmm. you were born here, obviously, yeah. like that's fair yeah. <laughs> to say. Yeah. Um, and you had this sense when you moved from Montana back up um, that you knew Alberta was like home. Yeah. Can you talk about that? What was that like? Yeah. I lived in Montana um, in middle school and high school. And so they were pretty like, pretty formative years but I always felt it didn't feel like I belonged mm-hmm. um, and I didn't quite you know fully identify with just Americans yeah just, I don't know it's just a lot yeah um, and then it, when we came back up um, even just legal legal stuff like being able to work and, right um, just knowing that I had a Canadian passport just like everyone else yeah and, I had, we had, you know, shared history and we all learned French in school and elementary and just like all of those little things. Cool. Um, yeah, just just really comfortable and yeah, it was nice. Now just to pause here for a second, isn't it interesting how much power there is in self-identity when there's a system in place? Sahila mentioned learning French in school, sharing a history and having a Canadian passport. These things made her feel like coming back to Canada was home. And she's right. We all have a shared history and culture in this sense as Canadians with Tehillah. Constitution is a powerful culture shaper, and weirdly, it connects many people emotionally, at least in my experience. So I found this to be really interesting. And when you moved back from Montana, did you go straight to Lac La Biche? Is that your first? Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, I guess, like, what was the reaction there? Like, did people, did you get a sense that the people around you were accepting and that you were back home and or what was that like for you because yeah there is a reputation of northern alberta not being the most welcoming yeah maybe. how yeah. would you describe that so it's a very interesting um <laughs> experience like lac Labiche is quite multicultural as i said right but when we moved up there we stuck out hmm. a lot and we were you the only black family in Lac La Biche? Yes, from what I know. There was like there was maybe like a couple other black people. Okay. But when we moved up there, I'd be walking around with my siblings. Right. And people would be driving in their cars and then they would look at me and us and then they would turn around in their cars while they're still driving. Oh, wow. Like being like who where Like they are would you physically from? turn their cars yeah. around. <laughs> they no, they would like turn around like okay. their bodies. <laughs> Not turn around. Like... No. <laughs> No. Three, six, yeah, no. Okay, okay. Like, kind of like they were shoulder checking. So you just of. noticed people were watching yeah. you 
more. Yeah. Okay. And so we just felt like, oh my gosh, this is so uncomfortable. Everyone's looking at us. Like, did you like physically talk about that with your siblings? Like, did yeah. you say like, wow, everyone's okay. Yes. We would joke about it. And I mean, I think that's part of why we're so close is that we shared that right. experience. Right. But yeah, it was, it was very obvious. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. You said that, yeah, going back there made it feel like home, but then you also had yeah. that contrasting experience. Like, what, how did that make you feel? Did you feel like, oh, maybe this isn't a place where I belong, or? Yeah, I kind of felt, especially, well, I've I felt this pretty much all my life, that even though I am Canadian and I've been born, I was mm-hmm. born here, um, there's always a part of me that won't belong. Hmm. Because of the way that people perceive me. Right. Because right. I'm most likely to be the only black person there. Right. One of the only people of color right. there. And so I did kind of get that tinge of like, oh yes, yes, I'm black. Like hmm. I don't fully belong, even though I do belong. Do you feel like you have to explain yourself when people yes. ask you that? Okay. Yeah. So definitely like another thing that people do a lot. So yeah, even to this day, and it's been happening my whole life, is People will be like, oh, wow, like, where are you from? Mm. The classic question. Yeah. I'm (laughs) like, I'm from here. They're like, no, but really, actually, where are you from? I'm like, I'm literally from here. Right. I was born in Alberta. And it's so funny when people, like, say they could be from, like, the East Coast or something. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm more from here than you are. Right, right. And you're calling me out as if I'm not. In your opinion, when people ask you that kind of thing, because like obviously I've experienced that too. Like yeah. no one knows what the heck I am. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I feel like when people ask me that, like I expect it because I don't really feel like I belong to any right ethnic background per se. And so I just like I'm ready to explain it. Right. Do you feel like that question is racist in a way? Like, do you feel like people are racist when they ask that? Yes. Yes. I do. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Can you unpack that? Because I think that so many people, maybe that don't have that experience, would would be like, no, that's not racism. How would you explain that? I'm just curious. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say when, if you're a person asking that question to someone else, mm-hmm. when you're asking that question, you're saying you're not validating their experience and their identity you're right. saying that it's invalid because mm. they look right different they don't look white right basically right when even if i were white i wouldn't be quote unquote from here anyways because exactly, you know yeah. everyone well not everyone a lot most people immigrated from somewhere yeah unless you're first nations or metis yeah so basically you're saying in a nutshell, you're saying that I have more of a right to be here, mm-hmm. or I'm more Canadian or Albertan or whatever it because is. Because I have the right to ask that question, yeah, kind of. Then you, then you do. Hmm. Um, yeah, and it's kind of like this. It's like a sense of power, right? In a in a way, like right. you're saying that I I belong and you don't, right, right. And I have the right to ask that because hmm. I'm white. And then when you reciprocate and you're like, oh well, you know, what? maybe we're just sharing <laughs> and then you're like where are you from they're like i'm from canada right and you're like no but for where are you actually from they're like no i'm from canada right 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 and you're just like, like no i'm canadian okay but how's okay. that any less valid than exactly. what i just exactly yeah interesting so 
And obviously there's like a huge discussion about race worldwide right now and it's obviously really heated in the US and I feel like the African American experience is quite a bit different than Canada, but there's still that same sense of prejudice mm-hmm. yeah. and I think Alberta's had a hard time with it specifically. If you were to be the representative for like the black Albertan, <laughs> what? how would you describe the experience here? Do you feel like it's comparable to being an African-American? Do you think it's a different experience? Um, do you feel proud to be Albertan? Yeah. Well, I would say it is different for sure in the sense that we we have similar history, but we there, there are differences, right? Mm-hmm. Like my ancestors weren't slaves. Okay. My parents immigrated here. Right. You know, they had the means. Like from Zambia. From Zambia. Right. They had the means to be able to get here. Right. Um, and I don't, I don't share that history, but then in, in, in the same sense, we all have the history of like colonialism. Right. So my, you know, my ancestors, my grandparents, they had kind of a similar experience in which, you know, my grandparents weren't able to travel freely hmm. in Zambia wow. because they were in their own country in their own country wow. and a lot of things like that um and then you know those stories passed down and so we have the same like you know similar experiences and mm-hmm. we we're viewed the same yeah kind of thing so right, like right people just kind of put you in a box exactly they put us all they lump us all together right um at the same time we do share a lot of culture yeah um, totally you know african americans and other Africans or people from Af- of African descent. Yeah. Um, people across the diaspora, which yeah. is basically just people originally from Africa yeah. that are living Around somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we do have, there's a lot of similarities and differences. Um, we all, I would say, um, experience a lot of racism mm-hmm. and experience a lot of the same questions and a lot of the same comments from people. And yeah. Um, yeah, finding work, just different things. Yeah. Like people see us all the same and they treat us very similarly. And so there's kind of a camaraderie, I feel, yeah. that a lot of black people have. Yeah. Do um, you feel like you like missed out on that camaraderie being in Black Lavish and being the only black family? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was like, where did you find that cultural camaraderie or did you just not have it at all? Well, it's actually interesting. They're in Black Lavish. So we were... Like, probably the, f- I don't want to say the first black family, but I feel like we probably were. Wow. Um, <laughs> that I remember. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the first guys, black family on guys, this podcast. Come on. <laughs> Let's take a You're the first to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. <laughs> just like, just settle that in your spirit yeah. for a minute. Um, yeah, so we were there, and then there was other families um, from different African countries that came um, for work. Right. And then we kind of became friends. And then every once in a while, we actually had like some get togethers and stuff cool. like that. Yeah. And just hang out. And then it was a kind of a sense of family. Yeah. So that was kind of nice. Even though we didn't speak the same language because mm-hmm. we were from different countries, right. we had similar Experience. experiences and like somewhat similar culture. Yeah. Somewhat similar food. Right. That's cool. Um, yeah, so we kind of got that. Yeah. You did mention there's this big diversity in Lac La Biche. Yeah. So you, they have the oldest mosque in Canada. Yeah. There's a lot of native reserves around the area. Yeah. Um, 
So you grew up with a bunch of minorities, yes. despite being in this place where you're the only black family. Exactly. And it was really neat too. I feel like, um, I somewhat have this experience, but I feel like I have two younger sisters and a younger brother mm-hmm. and they lived there longer just okay. because I moved to go to university. Right. Um, but a lot of their friends were Lebanese or Métis or First Nations cool. and they really connected on that right, right. level. Um, do you think there was like a sense of like, we're in this together? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And just kind of, I feel like, yeah, similar values to yeah. like in, in Lebanese culture, family's really big. Right. And in our culture too, family's really big. Right. And similar, like a little bit more traditional. Interacting with like the native community um, or the Métis community mm-hmm. in Lac La Biche, like was there a lot were they more open than the normal residents of Lac La Biche, would you say? Or? Um, yes, they definitely were. I find, I remember when, right when we first moved there, I feel like people were, I don't know, it's almost like an unspoken sense of camaraderie and unspoken hmm. sense of brotherhood yeah. in a sense. Yeah. And, and I feel like in some senses, there is some culture sharing yeah. in that, like I've noticed, um, yeah, there's like, yeah, in First Nations communities, I feel like there's a, there's a, almost like you could say hip hop culture in a sense. Sure, and yeah. Like, um, yeah, like I feel like just similar experiences and especially I think that you can compare it a lot to, um, more probably to um, like black African Americans. Yes. Um, and just kind of like the way just the way they're treated, but also kind of the way that they, um, they kind of push forward through all mm. of that. And, um, the way that they, they're, they're, they're resilient, they're resilient music and art. They, they use that cool for healing. Yeah. And we do that too. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah, even just like little things like even music and drumming. Yeah. Um, Cool. and dance you know we have that in common so that's kind of cool yeah I found that so interesting because um I yeah I was in Sierra Leone for two months last summer and one of the yeah one of the main guys who headed up the organization that we partnered with he actually came to Canada mm-hmm. um the same summer but later nice. and he really really wanted to go to like a native reserve yeah. and like meet the chiefs and like kind of like see their way of life and his whole purpose in Sierra Leone was like he wanted to like help in development of um, rural villages right? and like in the traditional cultures yeah. and stuff and it was so interesting because I didn't get to witness this but apparently like while he was uh, there like him and the chief had so many similarities and like just he, there's like such a it's weird it's so similar like this this traditional village in yeah. Africa with mm-hmm. like these these roots and this history and this spiritual sense of the world exactly it's so similar to our native people and like um their traditional values and and i mean both in both instances like it is colonialism like what's happened to them yeah and so the reaction being the same is kind of cool yeah it sounds like how you're describing it like um when you came in contact with native people or like when they saw you it was like there's already this sense of understanding exactly. that you had for each other yeah definitely yeah that's so cool yeah that is pretty amazing isn't it i know that's what you all are thinking 
that and wow, he said like a lot. I wanted to keep that clip in there even though I was unprepared to talk about it because I found Tehila's ability to feel close to Alberta's First Nations people in a sense that they both experienced colonialism to be incredible. Do you have a similar story? Please tweet me at Josiah Podcast about it. I love this idea of two completely different cultures coming together in a way that you didn't think they would. Maybe that would be a good idea for season two. All right, let's jump back into the interview with Tehila. You have mentioned you're born in Alberta. You've mm-hmm. been all around. Mm-hmm. Um, you identify as Albertan. Mm-hmm. What do you think makes someone Albertan? Yeah, that's a good question. When I think about Alberta, there are a few things that come to mind. The first <laughs> thing that comes to mind, don't hate me guys, is just kind of the stereotypical kind of, you know, <laughs> farmer okay. type. Yeah. Like Alberta beef. Yeah. And you're a vegetarian. And I'm a vegetarian. I'll have you know. Um, That's kind of funny. But yeah, I think of that. um, I think of um, more conservative values. Mm -hmm. A lot of Albertans that I met are quite conservative. Compared to the rest of Canada or just in general? Um, I would say compared to the rest of Canada. Right, okay. We'll say, yeah. Even BC. Like, yeah, I would say definitely... Conservative. More conservative, um, a little bit more traditional. I don't know if people would see themselves as that, but I mm-hmm. that's what I noticed. Okay. Um, and a lot of Albertans are quite hardworking. Hmm. Um, I noticed in Lakwabish there's a lot of you know f- people that are farmers, right? And they have amazing work work ethic, right? And Interesting. Just. Yeah, they just put everything into what they do. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that in Calgary too. Right. You know, a lot of people, you know, working downtown, oil and gas or whatever else. Um, yeah, they put everything they have into right. what they're doing. Right. And they, like a lot of Albertans, I work in, actually, I work for Alberta Works. For those who don't know, Alberta Works, which is now called Alberta Supports, is a sector of the provincial government that connects struggling Albertans to benefits and services. Alberta Supports is primarily for those who are seniors, have disabilities, are victims of bullying, family violence, or homelessness. And actually, there was a big focus on job fairs and work opportunities and skill-based training to help get these Albertans on their feet again. The organization has made incredible strides, and it's a great place to work if you want to really interact with the true province. Here's Tehila's recount of what she's experienced there. So many people come in and they're just like, I just want to work. Hmm. You know, I just want to work. I want to be able to, you know, feed my family. And they just have a very strong sense of just wanting to contribute to society. And like, I don't know. I find it, I find it really cool and admirable. And do you think there's Um, a sense of pride in being Albertan? Definitely. Definitely. All over Alberta. Yeah. I feel like people are really, really proud. Like, Yeah. Just over, even over the the littlest things, I just find that people, they really care about their Mm -hmm. province. Right. And they think it's the best province. Yeah. In Canada. (laughs) I mentioned this earlier, like, I feel like if there was a war, like, Albertans would be like, we need to fight. We'd be the first ones to respond. Yeah. Like, we need to fight. We need to stand up for our country. Like, this is, like, this is home. And. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty neat, too. And do you, do you feel a lot of those same values, like 
at some level being Albertan. I do. Yeah. yeah, definitely. I definitely do. Like I feel, I would say I do feel a sense of ownership of Alberta. Mm-hmm. I do feel a sense of pride um, in Alberta, even though I don't necessarily feel like I have all the stereotypical or, mm-hmm. you know, I don't relate on all levels. I'm more of a liberal person. Sure. Um, yeah, just have a lot of different perspectives on a lot of people that I've, Albertans that I've met. Um, but at the same time, I feel like there's like a cord that ties us all together. Yeah. And like, I love Canada. Yeah. And, um, have you ever encountered someone that made you feel like you can't feel those things because you're black? Yes. Just like, even what I mentioned before about people asking me where I'm from. Yeah. I feel like that's a very, like people might take that as like, oh, that's so silly. Um, but I feel like that's a, just little, when people say little things like that, mm-hmm. right. I feel like that's kind of a, almost like a little check, like, oh, dang. Right. And, and do you feel like self-conscious in those moments or how would you describe your reaction um, to that? Are you just like used to it now? It's to be expected. <laughs> both. I feel like I am used to it and it is to be expected, but it's, I still find it mm-hmm. frustrating. And the more, the older I get, yeah. the more frustrating I find it. Yeah. Because I feel like when I was... A little bit younger I'd be like, okay that's weird that's annoying right but the more like I've had time to think about it and mm-hmm. reflect on it I'm like no that's actually so wrong right you know I yeah. I have just as much of a right to be here as you do and yeah. I'm just as much an Albertan and Canadian as you yeah. are yeah and you don't have you don't have the right to ask me right or to kind of call me out I guess yeah for sure on that and like let's say there is I don't know, a really sweet farming family from Lac La Biche. They have been there for like three generations. I don't know however long yeah. Albertans can say they've been here. <laughs> yeah. But whatever, three, four generations. Um, they're just a traditional conservative family and like they have you over for dinner and that question comes up and they ask you like where you're from and then you try to explain like, yeah, like I was born here. I feel very Albertan. Mm-hmm. Um, I like working hard. I love this province. Yeah. Um, I have the same values as you. I love Lac La Biche. Like yeah. we've contributed a lot to the society. What if like, and like, keep in mind, these are like nice people. They're not trying yeah. to attack you. Yeah. Like what if their response was like, Oh, like you can't really say that because you haven't been here as long as us. Or like, you don't, you don't actually know the values of being Albertan. Like how would that make you feel? Like what would your response be? How would you react in a situation like that? Cause I've definitely felt yeah. that, attitude without it being spoken exactly yeah (laughs) and like I think on my mom's side my mom's white Mm -hmm. like I think I've I know that side of the family and I think they would really identify with being Albertan right um and I think there's definitely been even yeah there's even been like people it's just like almost this sense that like oh like my dad's side is like so exotic and like right we are not fully Albertan in the same way and so but like I love my family and right. like that's not something that tears yeah. us apart. But yeah. also like what if someone did say something like that to you directly? How do you think you would directly. react? Yeah. Hmm. I would probably argue. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I would I would probably kind of re- reiterate, like, no, yeah. I this is like I was born here yeah. and like, you know. One thing that actually that makes me think of though is that I have noticed 
myself and my family um kind of it's almost like you need to prove yourself yeah like you need to prove yes. that you're part I know of exactly it exactly what you mean yeah and so you <laughs> like you know you have to like know the lingo and you have to like you know just you know for instance oh yeah like i was you know i went to j i went to jaws high school like mm-hmm. oh jaws yeah i know that like that's the, the high school right rubbish. okay yeah and like just little things like that where you kind of have to prove you're like no i am really actually from here uh-huh, right i'm actually really it's not like an instant acceptance you have to like yeah you have to prove right and then from the things that come out of your mouth then it's almost like you have to convince then you know they'll be like, okay now i'm convinced you're actually from right here. right totally you're accepted Now, Tahila's family moved to Laklabish originally because her dad became a pastor of a local church in town. I asked Tahila how he was able to break through his stigma in the province and allow people to trust him, especially since he was seen as a religious leader. I feel like people see him as like a unicorn or like this, like, okay, okay but you're like, you're special. Like, okay, okay. You're like a nice black man. Right. But like other black men may be scary. Right, right, right. And like, same thing with our family, I feel like okay, we know you guys, like, that's fine. Uh-huh. You guys are like, okay. And again, even with the, the proving yourself thing, like, oh yeah, you guys are, you know, you're great Christian kids, you know, <laughs> you go to youth group. Right. You're fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's like the proving yourself again. People ask him where he's from. Yeah. And he's like, I'm Irish. Oh. <laughs> yeah and he's like you're not gonna say anything that's you're not amazing gonna call me out. and then he just walks away oh my goodness yeah. okay that is gold i yeah. love that so much so i'm like you know what dad that's great humor is a common way to deal with more serious underlying issues but the truth is using it is a privilege in itself we wouldn't be able to have those lighthearted exchanges like tahila's dad had if it wasn't for the people that did speak up when it was necessary Even using it as a means of relationally engaging people with a topic that might not be tasteful in one's mind takes a lot of strength and dignity. I think the whole topic of asking someone where they're from is one that gets a lot more complicated the more you look into it. But Tahila's explanation of her feelings on the matter, and also hearing her dad's reaction to the question, definitely was something that intrigued me. Let me know your thoughts on this discussion on Twitter, at JosiahPodcast, using hashtag AntiCulture. Do you think there's a lot of potential for people to, to start accepting minorities as true blood Albertans? Or do you mm-hmm. think that will always be reserved for, you know, people that have very strong opinions on the culture? That's a really, I want to say that there's, I feel like there's always hope for change. And I feel mm-hmm. like we have already changed so much like even yeah thinking about how things are now versus how things would have been 50 years ago yeah absolutely um and the things that people even the things people say yeah but i feel like there's so so far that we have to go Mm -hmm. and i feel like it's honestly it's really up to albertans yeah you know do they do they want do they want to live in a place like that or do are they fine with how things are yeah now yeah, and um, I think I think it's pretty split. Like there's yeah. there's a lot of Albertans that wouldn't want exactly that to be a reality. Yeah, and yeah. and a, and I think the one of the biggest things and one of the biggest things I see um, standing in the way of that um, and a big problem in Alberta, unfortunately, mm-hmm. is that people 
a lot of people fail to even recognize that there's an issue. Yes. And they fail to recognize that different people have different experiences mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, like this is, everything's totally fine. Like this is Canada. And like, I feel like a lot of people are yeah, like, Oh, just this swept is under the rug. Yeah. Yeah. This, everything's so great. This is Canada, which we are blessed and it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome province and awesome country. But if we never even mention or acknowledge yeah. that there's issues, yeah. then nothing's going to change. I think even in like people like you and I is mm-hmm. that we're, we're pretty like optimistic generally. Just as a quick side note, I'm talking about Albertans. Like we yes. we don't like to acknowledge right. issues. We just right. like, you know, things are routine. This is the way things are. Right. This is the way things have always been and it's yeah. good. Right. You know, definitely. And, and then when problems do start to arise, like we don't want to we don't want to acknowledge it out loud and right. like, you know, residential school days right. or colonialism. Yeah. And it being in the new world, we have a we have this like unique history that mm-hmm. actually like that's still that's still a prevalent way of thinking in a yeah. lot of people. Yeah. Um, where like you don't need to acknowledge things as yeah. long as your agenda is moving forward. Exactly. So I guess like to end our time here, I want to ask what is your favorite thing about Alberta? I don't know. I think just the people. That's yeah. really cheesy, but yeah, I met some really great, caring, hardworking, mm-hmm. I'll say it again, like, um, people who really are just like passionate and, and loving. Um, and even though we have problems, I think that, yeah, it's still a beautiful country. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, when you come here, when you move here or visit here, it's like, it's so easy to recognize that it's a beautiful place yeah. to live. And yeah. even just, even just physically, it's just so gorgeous. We're so blessed. Yeah. Like, it's just, um, there's just so much space. It's so open. It's peaceful. People are just, I think another thing too is people are real. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, there's no pretense. Like people are just who they are. Yeah. And this is, this is me. This is what I like. This is who I am. Totally. Take it or leave it. Yeah. And I think that's great. Well, guys, that reaches the end of our discussion with Tehila. To be honest, listening to it again, of course, that sounds like someone who has made Alberta home. What's so great about Tehila and her story is that she doesn't represent anyone except herself. She is not the voice for African Canadians. She isn't even the voice for Zambians in Canada because her own story is what makes her experience unique. This is where we truly begin to uncover the importance of the individual. If we fail to ask questions, we would lack significant understanding of who Tehila is and how she identifies and loves this province. Thank you so much for listening to and sticking with me for episode one. I hope it was entertaining all the way through. I think there was some great discussion and this is truly just scratching the surface. I'm so excited to continue releasing more interviews in the coming weeks. Please help me by spreading the word. You can share my SoundCloud link, subscribe to me on iTunes, engage your peers in discussion, and follow me on Twitter, where I'll be posting all sorts of extras and additional discussions surrounding Canada, Alberta, and unique individuals. My handle again is at Josiah Podcast. Also, after this episode airs, I'll be launching a Facebook page, so feel free to search for Anti Culture with Josiah Sinernin on Facebook. 
Stay tuned next week for another Alberta story. This time from the anticipated Zama City. I've been getting a lot of tweets and messages and comments about Zama. We're so excited to have that interview come out next week. There's lots to cover, and I can't wait to show you another kind of Alberta experience. Talk soon.